Welcome to the Double Screw Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Wagner. My guest today is Paula Chung. She is an artist who lives up at Lake Tahoe. She is part of the exhibition Lockdown at Western Nevada College's Bristlecone Gallery in Carson City. Welcome, Paula. It's good to have you here. Thank you for asking me. I'm excited to talk about your exhibition, but I want to start by giving my listeners some context and letting them know who you are and what, what you do. Can you bring us all the way back to the beginning? When did you become an artist? Where were you and, and what kind of situation were you in? Well, I started taking art classes at um, Lake Tahoe Community College and um, never looked back. I just <laughs> more and more until they wouldn't let me take them anymore. What was your first class? Um, it was sculpting, actually, and ceramics and got into stone and bronze and then went to painting and drawing and it was wonderful. Oh, and you're known largely as a, a fiber and fabrics artist now, right? Right. How did you make the switch from all of those other mediums to, to fiber? I had a great instructor, and I think the drawing pretty much went was more compatible with the embroidery. And so I, I specialized a lot into drawing as well. Do you think of it as drawing? Do you like embroidery and sewing? Do yeah, they feel like drawing to you? I have a big commercial... Uh, sewing machine and it just goes up and down so you move the substrate under it as soon as somebody starts talking about that I just want to drop everything and go home and sew <laughs> like it's <laughs> it's just so satisfying it's so mm -hmm. like tactile and just yeah, so it's very tactile mm-hmm so I have seen a couple of your shows in the past so I have seen imagery that you've made with thread and fabrics and papers that looks like it's MRI or x-ray mm -hmm. imagery it's it's obviously referring to to medical issues and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how you decided to start using those themes and, and using those themes with, with these beautiful fabrics and papers you use. I saw a friend's um, x-ray or MRI, I'm not sure, it was an x-ray, and it was so beautiful. That started me off, and I, she gave me her imagery, and I worked with that imagery for quite a while, and then other people started donating their imagery to me. So it was the x-ray like struck you as a, a picture, as a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was really a beautiful form. And it's just the beauty of the body and, and what we don't think of. We don't think the inside of a body is beautiful, but it really is. I started working on silk mostly and embroidering on the silk. Then gradually went on. I wanted to try with paper. Yeah. And I use a, a like a plastic substrate and it. When you immerse it, it, it dissolves. And so I was able to, to draw my imagery on the substrate, put it onto the fabric, and then I knew where to sew and what values to sew. Okay, that's giving me a million ideas, just to know that this, this uh, material exists. Can you mm -hmm. just spill the beans on what this is called and where people can get it if they're, if they're oh, thinking the same thing I am? It's, it's called Aquafilm, and okay. I get it in... Um, Texas at a embroidery place, a commercial embroidery. Aquafilm. That sounds mm -hmm. like it could solve a lot of problems that I've had, like transferring onto fabric. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Help me paint a picture for listeners who aren't looking at the pictures right now or who haven't seen your work of what that body of work with the medical imagery, like what it actually looks like. Well, it actually looks just like an x-ray. In fact, I had a, a pediatrician look at a piece I had and she says I can tell exactly what's wrong with that little baby. <laughs> so you're very realistic. For the MRIs, yeah, and the x-rays. 
So I would take the x-ray and work on it in Photoshop and then figure out the values of it and then have it blown up and then I would assign a certain color or a certain value if it depended on if I were using more than one color or not. Yeah. When I was sewing, then I would combine threads. I would sew up to using five threads at a time. All in one needle or do you have five uh -huh. needles going? All in one needle. Mm -hmm. That helped me create my own colors if I wanted to, if the color wasn't available. Yeah. And I would figure out the values and then work out the color scheme. The work of yours that I've seen, it tends to be large and it hangs from the ceiling. It doesn't, it's not in, the frame, in a frame on the wall. It's sort of waving gently in the air currents in the middle of the room. It's so beautiful. It's got this sense of seriousness or even gravitas, but then it's also got this very light physical sensibility to yeah. it too. I wanted to try paper. And since I needed it to be able to be immersed in water, I knew tea bags would do that. So I first tried tea bags, used tea bags. So that worked out quite well. How many um, tea bags did you attach together? I think I remember seeing a piece oh, with thousands, a lots of them. Thousands. Thousands. Did you drink that much tea? I had a lot of friends give me tea bags and <laughs> cheated a little. I love the I love the collecting aspect. Let's talk about your current piece that you're working on. It's called Requiem. This is the one that people can see in the Bristlecone Gallery at Western Nevada College. Describe that one for us too. What does it consist of? I'm using Japanese rice paper and I'm embroidering spirals for each COVID death. So each person in the United States, right, mm -hmm. who's died of COVID. How many are we up to? I'm at about 470. Do you know that the current number of people is? Almost 800,000. By the new year, we'll be at 800,000. You're embroidering these, they're little, they're about one inch marks, right? Mm -hmm. And they're on these, those scrolls of paper. What are the, they're about a foot wide or a little, little wider? They're 11 inches wide and okay. 60 feet long. 60 feet long. And they're hanging up in the gallery. They're kind of draped off walls and ceiling beams. And they're very elegant and, and beautiful. What was the moment like when you decided to start making this piece? What kind of frame of mind were you in? How did you decide to go on this? Well, frankly, at first I was just really mad mm. because there were so many deaths and nobody seemed to be doing a whole lot to try to stop it. We were so new, we didn't know what we were dealing with. You know, as the project grew, I've been working on this almost two years now, and your feelings change, you know, over that time. and. It's a difficult thing to do. I, I work on it every day, and I had to take breaks once in a while because it just gets overwhelming. It seems like it could be really taxing. It, it can, and you don't see an end. Yeah. That's the worst part. I mean, when we first hit the first milestone, I thought surely we wouldn't get further after 100,000. And now we're getting to milestones quickly. I follow the, I go to John Hopkins' site and I get their statistics and that's what I use as my guide for how many I'm going to have to keep doing. Personally, haven't known anyone, luckily. Most people that I know are my age and we stay pretty isolated. That is another problem. You know, we've all been so closed up. What kind of hours are involved for you in making this piece? I usually work like five to seven hours a day, sometimes more, it depends. And uh, 
take breaks in between. Yeah. I was talking with Sharon Ross the other day, the director of Capital City Arts Initiative, the group that organized your show in Carson City. She told me that she tried to talk you into maybe making one mark for every 10 people or every 100 people so that you could ease up your workload. And she's told me that you do not want to do that. It sounds like you are very seriously committed to to really recognizing that the scale of this problem by recognizing every yeah. person. I think it became really important that each person gets memorialized. A lot of times when artists make work to memorialize someone, they make it much later, after the crisis has ended and after it's been processed by the whole community. And you're taking this really differently. You're approaching this shortly after you learned this was happening and, and we're still in the middle of it. I felt at the beginning that it needed to, I, and so many other people have done this. There was a young woman that put flags on the mall, white flags for each death. And different artists have done different things, but it was just something I felt needed to happen. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to do it. I wanted the idea of the scrolls and the paper that I'm using is so beautiful because it becomes sort of translucent. So I just wanted that that feeling. And everyone's made sacrifices in this, and I wanted to show that. Sometimes artists who do work that is like this, art that is very laborious and detailed and repetitive in this way, sometimes they talk about it in terms of meditation or spirituality or even religion sometimes. Do you do you think about your work in those terms? I don't, but as I go, as I continually make the circles, it is like a meditation. Yeah, yeah. Until the machine decides to rear its ugly head <laughs> and then you're and fixing the, the needle jams yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it becomes very practical all of a sudden oh yes <laughs> what do you think about when you're when you're doing these pieces when you're working well on? i try to make each um spiral a little different and i think well maybe this person is a little prickly or this person was skinny or this person was funny or you know but i don't know the different people unfortunately but yeah are you working on other bodies of work too, or or is this your full-time life right now? Oh, this takes all my time. Is there anything else that you want to mention? You know, maybe um, thanking CCAI because they've given me the show and then they gave me also the show prior to that. I think that's a great idea to thank CCAI. Let's talk about them for a okay. minute because I don't know if everyone knows the amazing work they do. So yeah, yeah they're a group in tireless. Carson City. Mm -hmm. Tireless is a great word. Um, all the time trying to promote art and they have um, four venues that they fill with art year round and have to write grants and it's a a big job it's it's their life and there's only two people really involved they have a board but only two people really do all the work right thank you Sharon Ross and Glenn Clemmer from all of us in the art world and if people haven't seen Capital City Arts Initiatives programming what they do is they try to well they succeed at it they highlight the work of everyone from high school students 
to mature, accomplished artists, there isn't a huge gallery ecosystem in Carson City. So they have to work really hard to find all kinds of different spaces. Yeah, they and they do some um, scholarly work. They publish essays about these artists. And for me, as an arts reporter, that they're a resource. If there are so many artists, including Paula right here, who I never would have known about if it wasn't for CCAI. Yeah. yeah. And they did great um, before uh, COVID. They were doing a lot of great programs in the schools. So I had done a show um, years ago, and they had me going to different high schools and talking to kids. And it was re- It's really a great program. Now they basically are showing the videos that they take of each um, show. Uh, I bet there are a handful of artists out there now who are really glad they got to hear from you when they were in high school. Paula, thanks so much for coming to the studio. It's a pleasure to, to talk with you. You've been listening to episode 17 of the Double Scoop podcast with Paula Chung. You can see her installation, Requiem, as part of Capital City Arts Initiative's show, Lockdown, at Western Nevada College through December 22nd. You can learn more on Paula's website at paulachung.com. The Double Scoop podcast is recorded at KWNK 97.7 Reno's community radio station. Our sound engineer is Nico Wagner. Our theme music is by Reno singer-songwriter Greg Gilmore. Thanks for lending us the clip, Greg. This episode received support from the Nevada Arts Council and the National Endowment for the Arts. You can listen to the Double Scoop podcast on KWNK 97.7, Sunday mornings at 8. You can also listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. If you'd like to learn more about the people, places, and events of the Nevada art scene, visit us at doublescoop.art. I'm Chris Wagner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>